Welcome to Bike for Life Stories. Stories from a lifetime of cycling all over the world that will amuse, teach, inspire, and make you think. Written by Roy M. Wallach. Narrated by Ed Korb. Today's featured story is... It will break your legs and blur your vision. The legendary La Ruta de los Conquistadores, the hardest bike race in the world. I look back on it now as my gringo hallucination, a relentless sombrero-clad campesino steadily gaining on me no matter how hard I try, raises his massive three-and-a-half-foot-long machete, a tropical grim reaper, sent here to put foreigners out of their misery. He's about to let loose a swift, silent whoosh that will cleanly sever my bike-helmeted head and send it bouncing, coconut-like, back down the 500-foot incline from which it came. One consolation, at least my sweaty brow's final resting place at the bottom will be a cool river, not this nostril-clogging, perspiration-dripping, eye-stinging humidity. My God, the crazy things you think of when you're in the dense rainforest of Costa Rica, halfway through a day of mountain biking 79 miles with 11,000 vertical feet of elevation gain. Your mind wanders. You begin to filter out spectacular scenery and primitive upcountry villages as you embark on yet another two-mile-per-hour granny gear climb. You forget the echoing shrieks of howler monkeys and macaws and toucans. You spend all of your time praying for flat spots or more shade to block the broiling sun, which is simultaneously drenching you in blinding, sticky sweat or baking it into a salty white residue on your jersey. You get tunnel vision, aware only of the tiny micro world down around your front wheel the jarring, mismatched rocks that pass for a road and the tiny conga line of ants carrying leaves and sticks across it. So you can imagine my shock when three-quarters of the way up another ridiculously steep 15-degree jeep path, I suddenly noticed that machete-wielding farm worker at an arm's length away from me. Yes, the solar glint off his blade momentarily set off my paranoid gringo imagination. But more than that, I quickly realized that this was the same guy I'd hurriedly passed down at the river crossing ten minutes earlier and forgotten about. Now, this sandal-clad pedestrian was about to walk right past me. That was too much for a lifelong cyclist. I stood up out of the saddle and cranked like a madman momentarily lurching ahead of the campesino. But in the next instant, I yelped in pain and almost fell over. My right quadricep muscle seized up, felt like it ripped right off the bone. As I got off the bike and hobbled to the side, Mr. Machete passed me without a sideways glance. As I came to discover, my experience was not uncommon. At the most brutal mountain bike race of all time, La Ruta de los Conquistadores. La Ruta, 
the route of the conquistadors in English, is the granddaddy of the mountain bike stage race. Founded in 1992, it was the first modern multi-day off-road event. It's been copied all over the world by longer events like Europe's Transalp Challenge, Canada's BC Bike Race, and South Africa's Cape Epic. But it's still revered as the benchmark of the breed, a unique must-do adventure like no other. Named for the Spanish conquistadors who blazed the first trails on the unexplored lands here in the 1500s, La Ruta is designed for maximum beauty and maximum pain. Stretching 200 miles from Pacific Ocean to Caribbean Sea, it snakes in and around rainforest, 12,000-foot volcanoes, banana plantations, and farmlands, alternately drenching you in humidity and rainfall, freezing you on high-elevation descents, and bogging down bike and body in endless mud, mud, and more mud. When you're not gasping for breath on the primitive one-lane rock roads and winding donkey paths, you're holding your breath, baby-stepping across ramshackle railroad bridges high over raging rivers. You're struck by the number of schools in the backcountry villages, which explains why Costa Rica has the highest educational level in Latin America. By the endless green jungle, the world-class whitewater rivers, and the sight and sounds of sloths and iguanas and resplendent quetzals cackling and screeching all around you. An ecotourist mecca, Costa Rica has been called the most biodiverse place in the world by National Geographic because it packs a full 5% of Earth species of birds, plants, and animals on to just one one-hundredth of the planet's landmass. Crams hot coastal plains and five steep, often impassable mountain ranges together on a narrow isthmus about the size of Denmark, it isn't passed through easily. A quick look at a guidebook's topographical map explains why it took Spanish general Juan de Cavion, the conqueror of Costa Rica, a year to lead a hundred men, horses, cannons, and wagons from coast to coast in the year 1561. Roman Urbina was impressed. An ad man turned Whitewater River and adventure guide. The University of Florida graduate and triathlete became a local legend in 1991 when he staged a 25-kilometer Save the Turtles swim across the West Coast's polluted Golfo de Nicoya. It made him a celebrity in this ecotourist mecca. The next year, when he read a story about De Cavian's Moses-like trek across Costa Rica, he had a brainstorm. Why not mountain bikes instead of horses? And La Ruta was born. So were the mental delusions, all body muscle spasms, severe dehydration, oh, and bloody 40 mile per hour crashes that this event is now known for. La Ruta is Costa Rica's biggest race. It's in all the papers and on the nightly news. Riders from 50 countries have competed, including curious world champion pros ranging from mountain bike legend Tinker Juarez 
to the infamous Lance Armstrong. All of them come away from the event Urbina calls a pilgrimage of pain with a keen understanding of Juan de Cavillon's century-old warning. Os macha carne las piernas y nubara la marada. The chilling translation, it will break your legs and blur your vision. In 1997, when I did my first La Ruta, I was no stranger to monster endurance bike rides. With dozens of double centuries, a 24-hour solo, and the legendary 760-mile three-day Paris-Brest-Paris randonnée in France under my belt, not knowing of La Ruta, I assumed a mere 200-mile ride in three days was no problem. But I had no idea what I was getting into. When I finished day one, just under the 13-hour cutoff, double the time of the leaders, and 93rd of the 97th who finished that day, 20 dropped out, virtually every muscle on my legs from calf to butt was lurching into spasms so violent that I literally couldn't walk. The inner thigh of my right leg was a bloody, stinging, grapefruit-sized mess. The crotch pad of my cycling shorts had sandpapered its way through my skin. A drop of sweat on it scalded like acid. My triceps seized up whenever I stood up to climb on the last half of the ride. When it was over, I shuffled to the van in tiny dragging steps, crying and whimpering. At least I finished, I consoled myself. But 12 hours later, I realized that a bigger problem loomed. There were two more days to go. There is a famous saying at La Ruta, says Urbina, who made it up. Whoever finishes the first day, finishes the race. Unfortunately, that is not true. There was the Mexican pro, supposedly a veteran of the Giro d'Italia, who bolted off the front for a few hours and had to be hospitalized at the finish. Doctors wouldn't allow him to ride day two. There was John Rodham, a 35-year-old New York teacher who finished first American in 19th place overall on day one in 1998, so depleted and dehydrated that he couldn't get out of bed on day two. Rodham was discovered by a hotel maid that afternoon in a coma. He didn't come out of it for four days. I can relate. Trying to get out of bed on the morning of day two, I collapsed into a heap on the floor. My thighs and calves balled up into screaming clumps of pain. Booby-trapped. Like a human landmine, my muscles exploded again and again as I merely tried to brush my teeth, get dressed, and squat down to tie my shoes. I got scared. Intimidated like I'd never even been at any bike event. Day two. An 11,000-foot climb from San Jose up the towering Irazu volcano is as legendary as day one. If I already had this much trouble sitting on a toilet seat, how in the hell could I do that climb? So, for the only time in my life, before the ride even started, 
I dropped out. It hurt. I was thoroughly embarrassed to conquer day two by Jeep. But before I headed home, Urbina gave me some perspective. I believe it's the hard things in life that help you learn the most about yourself, said the founder, calmly intoning the words like a Buddhist monk. So, think of La Ruta as a personal growth experience. Three years later, in November of 2000, I was shivering. Hot chocolate was spilling onto my shaking hand, but I was toasty compared to the vacant-eyed biker sitting across the room in the corner of this little mountainside restaurant. A frigid climb in a 33-degree windchill and horizontal rain seemed to have made him catatonic, apparently unable to talk or think. His only movement was violent, spasmodic shuddering, as if he were a death row inmate being executed in the electric chair. This poor rookie, I could tell he was a rookie because he had no rain jacket or fleece vest, had made a classic mistake. Like dozens of others who would quit on this day, he had come to sunny Costa Rica prepared for a tank top joyride in a tropical paradise of white sand beaches. He did not expect a deep freeze on the storm-lashed shoulder of the 12,000-foot Irazu volcano. Hypothermia. Another extreme in a race of extreme beauty, distance, weather, and difficulty. Humidity and heat exhaustion one day, sleet and breathing out frost the next. Two-hour racers get burned out and confused here, says Urbina. They get surprised. They forget to read the brochure. By now, I could have written that brochure. I'd trained for four months back home with all-day back-to-back rides every Saturday and Sunday, endlessly going up and down 10,000 feet a day just to get used to it. At La Ruta, I ate continually and sucked down electrolyte fluids to prevent cramps. And I brought a thick fleece vest and a windbreaker just for day two, which came in handy as we were pelted by sleet the last 1,500 feet. At the turnoff near the top, I warmed up with a wondrous Costa Rican specialty drink called Dolce Caliente and then plunged into the scary two-hour descent down the primitive backside of Irizu. Miles of road composed entirely of baby head-sized rocks unleashed a bloody carnage that sent more than a few to the hospital in the nearby town of Turrialba, our home for the night. But in the brief moments, I stopped to steal a glimpse at the view below. I saw something unforgettable. The blue-on-blue Caribbean sea framed by tiny humps and speckled with cotton balls. It took a second to realize that those were clouds on another mountain range. I was riding into a dazzling masterpiece painted by God himself, a revelation for an unreligious man who believes only in the holy cycling trinity of mountain, road, and tandem. Day three, clocking 63 miles and 6,000 feet of elevation gain, seemed 
relatively sane after the freezing volcano of day two and the legendary jungle mud and rivers of day one. But don't be fooled. The last day includes 20 miles of stutter bumps through broiling dull banana fields and 17 miles of brain-rattling railroad tracks, including precarious hiking over crocodile-infested rivers on the slippery ties of dilapidated railroad bridges. Eager to redeem myself from my 1997 failure and impatient behind some timid walkers, I sped up and lost my footing on one of the wooden beams. I fell through the ties up to my armpits, banging my forehead and slicing off two inches of skin down to my shin bone. But it could have been worse. While waiting for a friend who was freaking out crossing the tattered bridge, an American named Timothy Owen from Castro Valley, California, left his bike at the far end of the bridge and ran back to help. He turned around in time to see local kids pedaling off on his yellow $2,300 specialized FSR XC dual suspension bike. Since his friend had not finished on day one, he gave Owen his bike so he could officially finish. Just finishing La Ruta is an achievement. When I crossed the seaside finish line in Limon with my first complete La Ruta in 2000, my cumulative time of 30 hours, 45 minutes, put me about 13 hours behind the winner and a hundredth out of 103 finishers. But that's not as bad as it sounds. Since a hundred of the starters didn't finish, I actually finished in the top half of a bike event for the first time in my life. At some point, whether you're a pro, whether you're a schmo, La Ruta will break you. Whether it's the heat or the mud or the cold or the straight up climbs, it will make you cry for your mommy. It's not called the world's hardest mountain bike race for nothing. It's a monster with awesome bragging rights that makes you part of a special badass brotherhood. I've gone back and finished La Ruta six times over the years. The latest in 2017, two decades after I first tried it and failed. Because like Roman says, it's in the hard things where you learn the truth about yourself. And after 20 years, I'm still searching for the truth. All right.